This is Resonate the Recruiting Daily Podcast, bi-monthly conversations on employer branding and the real scoop from expert practitioners and thought leaders coming to you from the mind of Jason Seiden. Hey, and welcome to the Resonate Podcast. I am your host, Jason Seiden. I am very excited. We have an incredible guest with us this week, uh, Celinda Appleby, the head of global recruitment branding at Oracle. Celinda, before anything else, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you for selecting me to be a part of this show with you. Yes. Well, you, you know, our selection criteria is um, is incredibly robust and includes a dartboard and a Ouija board and a magic eight ball. <laughs> And ultimately, you know, whoever calls us back. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally jazzed, and I wanted, I wanted to jump right into this. There's no, there's no introduction or preamble here, because you have, you have an incredible gig. It's a, it's a reasonably new gig at Oracle. I've been following you on, on social and watching what you're up to on, well, cross channels, and it looks like you're doing some really incredible cutting edge stuff. And I don't think most people would think of a Fortune 100 company as the place where you go to do cutting-edge recruiting stuff. I mean, the challenges are so great, and the internal communication challenges are going to be so great. But, like, how do you – like, how did you – did you shape this job? Did they come to it? How did you end up doing what you're doing at this huge company? How do you – how do those two things get reconciled? So um, I'm really lucky that Oracle believes in me. So I'll start with that you know, to, to set the premise. Um, I think when I joined Oracle back in January, the job as they saw it was a little different. And um, I've been very lucky to have a really good partnership with my boss, and we've been able to really restructure this into a dream that I – it started off as something as a dream, and he totally bought into it. And so let me explain that. Um, I came from HP, and we had an agency of record, we corporate structure, and, you know, it was kind of hard to navigate. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm still in a corporate structure and still uh, threading through thick waters. But we didn't have an agency of record, and my team was expected to do a lot of things that, you know, that TMP used to do for us in the past. And so I came up with this idea that if we were going to support a global organization of 150-plus employees, 600-plus people in recruiting globally, that we need to start thinking like an agency. And so I came up with this model where we have a strategist regionally. Um, we call them our leads, and then they enter the, the call with a social media expert, a branding expert. I have a team of designers. I have a team of copywriters. And we all align together to, to lead the global strategy, but then also you know empower it at a regional level, which tends to be actually a lot different depending depending on what region you sit. That sounds amazing, and I have a bunch of questions just based on that much. And so in no particular order, let me just take that last thing that you talked about. You've got a global strategy that requires some regional modifications, and it's different region from region. What does that mean, and how do you manage that, and, and how do you maintain a global, global alignment to the brand while still allowing each region to flex? Okay, so first of all, I'm you me. I'm a loyalist. You bleed blue, bleed red now, and so I am a firm believer of staying loyal to the Oracle brand and not really go too far beyond it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't do anything to deviate 
the, the brand principles of who Oracle is and where they're going. What I like to do is just add a human element to it. And so our global employer brand strategy is very much around our values, our principles, who the people are, who, um, who is our talent, what are they doing. Here at Oracle we have like a work-life balance um, model in place, which everyone says everyone does, but we really, really allow employees to do really cool stuff. And a lot of that work was started before I got here. What, how we change it at a global level is it really depends on the talent we're trying to attract. Excuse me. So, for instance, like one of my largest projects right now is in China. We're looking to attract female developers. And as you know, social is a little tough there. You know, there's a lot of firewall issues. And so we've had to get really creative on how to resonate with female development talent in China. And in my A-B testing, some of the imagery that works in China just doesn't work in, for example, extremely um, socially progressive Bucharest. Um, so that's kind of how we change it. It's, it's visual, it's copy, it's kind of playing with social, playing with, with the employer brand, but never forgetting that you've got to still stay true to who you are, just modifications a little bit here and there. So what kinds of things do you test? So a lot of images. So sometimes, you know, so like for instance, one of my big things I've noticed, this is like my biggest aha moment of the month, is you can have the same image. Mm -hmm. And the same image can be posted across all platforms that you're using. However, you have to tweak it based on your audience, on your demographic. Sure. So for us, Facebook is super young, right? Average age is in 20s, mid-20s. Mm -hmm. um, LinkedIn is a very professional crowd. Uh, Twitter, we're still playing around, but it's highly male. So we can use the same image, but we have to change the copy depending on who is looking at it, right, and who sure. we want to attract. And that, to me, is probably been the biggest thing I've learned because I think at HP we're a little lazy. And I'll say we. I'll say I, um, where we tend to say the same see, thing yeah, across we, all channels. We don't, we don't say lazy. We say, you know, there was a learning curve. You didn't know that the Valencia filter is going to work better posting, right, <laughs> over to Twitter versus, you know, the Inkwell, which – you know, that black and white might be a little bit more uh, understated and work well on a, an, for a LinkedIn group. You live and learn. But, that's, but it's, interesting to, it's interesting to note that, you know, you're doing the, the same kinds of tests that I think a lot of people probably do across channel, but you're doing them regionally as well. And, it, you know, and for a company your size, that's got to, just that alone has got to bring a lot, of, uh, a lot of variance into the process that requires management. So I'm imagining, yeah. you know, you've got a team of people and a suite of tools that are just, that's, you know, I'm picturing like the, you know, Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the curtain with all these levers that he's, you know, pulling and pushing and managing. So exactly. Um, this is where the agency model has been extremely helpful for me. So keep in mind that when I started, we were a team of three. And so I've been able to handpick every individual on my team and literally pull them out of really nice jobs and sell them on this dream. And, and we all kind of rally together to pull this off. And, and honestly, the, the, the crazy part is what we liked three weeks ago is very different than what we like today. So we're constantly changing and retooling, which is a little bit different than where I came from, where we didn't have that much ability to change. Hmm. So... When you bring this group together, you've got your, you've got your Mary brand of, of global recruitment brand folks, but now you're in this huge organization and you've got a monster HR organization. You've got a monster marketing organization. You've got a monster recruiting organization. Are you on the radar with these different groups? Are you under the radar? How do you, and, and how do you work with them? Do you have to get them to collaborate to support your team's initiatives? How does that all work? 
So I didn't. So let's back up. So when I started, I spent the first eight weeks just picking up the phone and calling people and introducing myself. And my boss was extremely helpful. He did introduce me to everybody that is in his direct peer group in HR and recruiting. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up the phone, told everyone what I wanted to do. I got a whole bunch of belly laughs out of people because I'm sure it was like a very poignant, you know, big girl phone call to make for someone that they hadn't been doing brand before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I aligned myself. I sold my dream right from the very beginning before I got jaded, before, you know, you were in the trenches. This was like new hire mode, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I made really good friends very in the beginning, um, had a harder time with marketing, just in all transparency, I believe that, you know, it took me a while to buy their love. And I think it all has to do with me showing them visually, not verbally, that I believe in the brand as much as they did. So I think once I got myself on the radar by, you know, putting, by emailing and calling them, um, and they told me they were very busy, but um, once they saw my work in action, we very much quickly aligned. Um, so I, I can say I'm really well partnered marketing. It wasn't love at first sight, but we are, you know, very much hand in hand. Um, and with HR, we have this brand task force of every single HR leader at Oracle, myself as a representative of recruiting, where we meet monthly to talk about brand and internal and external and communications and where are we going, what do we need. And it's not so much that I need their buy-in, but I definitely need believe in having a brand task force because we're all under a mission. We want to attract and we want to retain. And so together we are able to really, like, strategize on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And, again, if I have a question, I, like, pick up the phone and call them. But having that monthly call has been really, really helpful. Yeah, I imagine, especially in a big organization, keeping all that communication uh, ongoing is, is pretty critical so that when something goes wrong, you actually know who to pick up the phone and reach out to. Yeah, you need allies. In a big company, in a little company, you need people in your corner. Now, with you, you live a lot of your life on social, so you're not just picking up the phone and calling people. Uh, this morning, I'm prepping for the podcast. I went online. You had a team meeting, and I could see it on Facebook. Does does social create – I mean, obviously, it, it creates opportunities for branding, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But just staying with this idea of internal communications, does – social create complexities with managing those relationships? Like if you found that maybe you have a meeting and somebody says, hey, this was a great meeting and they kind of touch on something that you talked about and then maybe somebody in marketing goes, what? And how, you, you guys are doing personal branding and, and where were we? Or do you, does, that, <laughs> does that stuff ever happen? Not yet, but it might now. Did I, just, on some wood. did I just trigger that? <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I think... It's all about relationships. Relationships are 100% important, you know, probably even more than that. But I think I've put myself in Oracle's face or, you know, in, in the limelight that I care. I'm not out to hurt them. You know, I am going to do everything I can to upskill my people and turn upskill recruiting, upskill HR, upskill anyone that's invested in our brand, invested in moving forward with social. We've never had an issue. Um, I've been really lucky. I've never really had a negative experience on social on either of my um, employments. The reason we had Nando come in today and talk about personal branding 101 is because as they grow the Oracle brand, as they help me drive this to the next level, I want them to start getting some recognition. I want them to be known as Oracle's copywriters, Oracle's employer brand specialists, because I think that you're only as powerful as the people right next to you, and so I want them to be the best out there, and I do anything I can to help them get there. 
So who's Nando? Nando Rodriguez is the head of employer brand and candidate experience for Horizon Media, uh, previously with Ogilvy Mathers. Um, he is a personal friend of mine, awesome with personal and employee brand, uh, used to be recruiter, um, blogger extraordinaire, so he's awesome. You would love him. You need to have him on your podcast. We'll make that happen. But, and, and what it sounds like, though, is uh, like you're using social to – so you're bringing in resources for your team – to help them not only develop skills, but also let people know they have these skills. And you're actually using social media to elevate their profile within the organization. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about my team. The majority of my team comes from an advertising um, agency, like uh, or, or marketing agency, like a TMP, right? So these people are heavy marketers, have been either working for big brands, big brands, um, writing copy, very product focused. And so what our Achilles heel for the most part is recruiting and, you know, people brands, right? And so I, this is the second part of the series, but I've been bringing in some of my recruiting and employer brand friends to upskill them on the area that I feel we're lacking. You know, humans are, you, you know this, this is our industry, but, you know, he, selling humans is very different than selling a Coca-Cola bottle. And so um, I, I want them to understand the life cycle of recruiting, what's in the mind of a recruiter, what's in the mind of a candidate. So it, it's been helpful, I think. The team has been very, very appreciative of the, of the learning sessions. That's awesome. So what's been the biggest surprise as you've been building this team, what the, either positive or negative, like the, the thing that you didn't think was going to be a big deal or you just didn't even anticipate that is, um, you're like, oh, yeah, it's actually kind of a big deal. When I told people I was leaving my job for this one, everyone was a huge hater about it for different reasons. And I would say that it was, it was very shocking. But it's cool, you know. And so I was really nervous that I would get caught in red tape and I didn't know what to expect. But I'll tell you that, like, I'm able to visualize something, and again, I'm not a marketer, which is why I've loaded up my team to help me fill those needs, um, but I'm able to visualize something articulated, and honestly, it's very like raw street cred, right, um, and have this huge company really support the idea and not even just support it, like they rally and, and they believe in me, and it doesn't take much. You know, it's not like 900 PowerPoints later when I'm like, God, you really want it now? Like, it's, it's really the, the buy-in from them has been so, um, what is it, so career satisfying. I think that I didn't expect that in the least bit. Hmm. How much of that do you think is, is purely professional, that you're, you're sitting on, uh, you know, you're working on a subject and you're sitting in a position and you're sitting on a resource, you know, the, the recruitment brand, that that's time has come and how much of it is personal? How much of it is you actually picking up the phone, working those relationships, building relationships, understanding what people's objections are going to be and meeting them where they're at. I did feel a need, right? So they needed me. Um, and, and they, they Oracle was on a long time looking for someone like me. Right. And so I think having me here filled a lot of their requirements, right? So they, they, they had a need. They wanted me there. It wasn't like I, I got the job on accident. But I also think that, you know, I've been tenacious, 
and I've been really about giving them things that work for them, you know. It's not one size fits all. There's a million ideas out there, and I've gotten really into, you know, my first few months here, I picked up the phone and talked to every single person, you know, in recruiting, you know, to learn what their problems were, and the solutions I provide have been very tailored to that. It has been very less fluffy and less let's do it because everyone's doing it, and I think that that has helped a ton. So when I do offer a suggestion, they know that I've taken the time to really research it, and it makes sense for Oracle, not because it's cool and trendy. So, you, and uh, you mentioned that you you fill a role for Oracle, and they've been looking for somebody. So, are you? And, and you're reasonably new to this. So, are you in the the build the brand uh, phase? Are you in the communicate the brand phase? The execute the feedback loop? What kind of where are you in the brand life cycle? Uh, so Oracle has a brand, right? Sure. Uh, pretty, pretty well-known brand. Turns I, out. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty lucky. And the reason I say that is because I just recently spoke to a small company where they have a brand too, but they're so new. You know, they're a startup, and so um, they're, 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 their issue is a little different, right? Um, the 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 situation here is that we've never come to market with an employer brand. And while we have a think core values and principles and we have some strong messaging available, um, it hasn't really been positioned all the time in the right ways. And so I'm in all honesty, doing everything all at once. While we're building that out, we're researching, we're working to figure out what our core messaging is going to be. I still have hiring campaigns. We're, you know, we're going to market. We're hiring people in the cloud and sales and development. We're we're in full fledged hiring thousands of thousands of people quarter over quarter. And so I can't just say stop the madness. Don't hire any more people. We don't have the right brand to go to market with. I got to still keep fulfilling those requests. Mm -hmm. And so it's been very much one of those things where, you know, you do a little bit of this and then you do a little bit of that. And that's why I think we change things so much, primarily because I'm just doing my best to get it right, because I also can't stop supporting the business. You know, it's uh, as an aside, I find it's really refreshing to hear somebody say that uh, because I, you know, look, we're, I'm, I'm in the space and a lot of the feedback I get is very often from people who think it's like this start-stop model. And it's like, well, we're just going to develop a brand and then we're going to roll it out and we're going to have everybody be on brand, you know, like someday in 2017, like poof, everyone's magically on brand. And, and you're like, what, how, how would you, you can't do that for exactly the reasons you say, like the machine is, the machine's running. And so it's got to yeah. be an iterative process where you're constantly pulling it in, doing these experiments, you know, and pulling it in. Uh, but I don't hear a lot of people talk like that. That's that's fairly unique, um, you know. And I wonder if, you know, what's the? Is there an allure? Is it just kind of like the cleanliness of saying, "Hey, we get to go do brand," and so let's just put a start date and an end date on it? Or is it because HR and recruiting are sort of new to this idea of branding that they want to treat it as a discrete thing as opposed to a living, breathing? Uh, like, I, do you have a sense for, like, you know? Yeah. Listen, it's what. Okay, so I think it's one of those things where it's been it's been created or we've led even I have led to believe this way that employer brand is sacred, it's up there, you know, you have to really work hard to get there and, you know, build it out and that this pillar and I'm not saying that that's wrong by no means. That's we want that too. Mm-hmm. But you can't stop the today, you know, I can't say, oh, no, 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 we can't put that messaging out because, you know, we're not ready to go. 
And I, I'm not saying that the way I look at it is different. I'm sure there's other people like me. I'm looking at it like a recruiter, right? So I was a recruiter my whole life. That stopped me from creating, you know, recruitment messaging to recruit for my sometimes really bad clients when I was on the agency side. You still have to sell the position. You still have to sell the company. And people are out there. It's a candidate-driven market. So it, it, you, you can't stop. And that's really probably the biggest challenge because I could say, let's go the traditional route. I'm going to be really safe for the next 18 months while we do the research, conduct, and figure out what's the right approach. Mm-hmm. But then, then I'd feel so unauthentic. I'd feel, I'd feel like I wasn't provi- doing my best job here. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I get it. So I've got a, I've got a couple other questions for you. But um, just on, kind of on this point, and this is a question that I'm now starting to ask everybody. When it comes to when it comes to the employer brand, if you had unlimited budget, what would you love to do? Oh, unlimited budget. I look at it in three things, right? So the, the build-out research, the, the creation of the brand, right, your components that are going to drive the future. And, I, again, it's ever-evolving, right? So I don't think it's one of those 18-month projects and then you stop and then you deal with that for three years. Um, or, you know, what is it, three years of refresh mode? Um, so I think there's a big component of that, research, figuring out your personas, you know, finding out what makes your employees tick, and then taking that research to figure out how you're going to make candidates align with that tick, right? Find those people that are ticking the same way. And then the second part is recruiting um, education or brand advocacy of education, right? So make sure everyone is that loves your brand as much as they do. And I tend to think recruiters are easily in that bucket, um, but employees run into that too. Educate them to love you as much as, as you love them and help them get your message out. And I do think that requires dollars, whether it's going to be in you know, finding a tool to help you with that or a company or a consultant or, you know what, time is money. So, and I do think it takes a lot of time to do that. And then the third part is activation. And for me, a beautiful activation would be some really cool video where we're talking like socially grabbing, filled with graphics and cool music and humans, right? So like a hybrid role. And I just probably told you my dreams and emotions right there, so don't sell that. And uh, (laughs) video, um, I want to find a way to, you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, we're all doing that, right? And some people are even doing Instagram really well, and other people are tapping into Snapchat. But how else can we tap into the people that we need to recruit? What else is out there, and how are we not doing it? And that's where I would invest time, money, and budget in terms of research, like figuring that out. There's something out there that we're not all doing, and we probably will be doing it in a year. But I would like to be like an early adopter in that. That's cool. You know, there's a, um, you talk about what we're not doing and there was a really cool study that was done a couple years ago where, uh, a, um, a social psychologist, uh, hooked people up to fMRI machines and watched their brains light up as they dealt with different moral dilemma questions. And, okay. right. And something as simple as phrasing things in a positive or negative way, uh, would get people to respond to the same situation completely differently. Right. So, you know, a will you or won't you uh, decision, uh, you could actually flip the way people respond to it based on just how you how you phrased it. Right. And um, and it's there's just some really cool stuff out there. And I, you know, when I think about when I think about social and I think about uh, what it is like 
Twitter to me in a, in a, in a way is digital telepathy. It's like little thought fragments and we're just kind yeah. of putting them out there. And, and so, you know, I kind of, I, I wonder where the technology goes and, you know, it, it would be kind of cool to like think to the next step beyond just, right. You know, a video, like how can you actually figure out based on a, um, based on a social graph, like who would be an, like not just a category of people who would make great Oracle employees, but like who specifically, like John Smith, who's currently a junior at Northwestern University, right? And like that person just fits yeah. your brand and you could like go on campus and recruit that. Like how wild would that be? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, and it probably won't be this year, but there's got to be something just like what you talked about that's the next level, that's the next thing. And that to me would be an unlimited budget type of dream project. Let's do it. Let's, let's approach Larry and let's hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would love it. You know that? He probably really would love it. Uh, so you, you mentioned something else that's a little bit closer to home that I wanted to loop back to, too. You, know, you talked about the development of personas. And uh, when you were describing the video, you talked about you know, awesome graphics, cool music, and you made a point to say humans. And it, it just made me wonder... You know, you've got all these jobs to fill. You are a huge company, but a few times now, Celinda, you've gone back and you've iterated the importance of, of that personal touch. What's the, what's the interplay? Like how much of the brand is company and corporate driven and how much of it is interpersonal? Oh my God. I, I sometimes think it's all Celinda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel like the wizard behind, what is it? The wall or, or the curtain? Sure. Um, you can definitely, I, I play this exercise with every single person I interview, and um, I tell them that, you know, I'm tenacious and I'm super crazy and I'm a great manager and I help them be all they can be. However, go and check out where, you know, go to our Facebook page, look at the post before January 2015, and then look at everything from 20, January 2015 and, and, and to date and see if you can tell that I started. And it's a really great exercise because people pick up the phone and call me right back, and they're like, wow. Like, I can know how you changed it. And I don't think I'll ever deviate from the point that the human, the employee, that is always going to be the center of my employer brand strategy and my social strategy because I've always said this. People, birds of a feather flock together, right? And so I feel like looking for a software developer and, you know, you want, you know, on top talent of your team, you want another Billy Bob, right? Putting Billy Bob in the limelight, not only is going to make Billy Bob happy, he's going to feel recognized, he's going to feel connected to your team, and all of a sudden saying, wow, thanks, manager, for putting me out there. You know I'm doing a good job. And you probably didn't even say that, but that little Facebook post trickles all that down. And then when people feel that, you know, that Harley's on the weekend and code for fun and has their own server in the backyard. That's someone I want to work with. And guess what? The job's 10 miles from my house. Why would I not leave? And so that's kind of like my mission in life when I think of employer brand. It's, it's to create that circle of love, right? Circle of trust where highlighting guest talent that we want to bring back to the circle. And in the same token, people are identifying with our employees that are actually really freaking cool doing awesome things that you would never know about because typically our old employer brand, you know, idea was to put a job on or uh, on Facebook and have people click it. Now I have to ask, right? The, I have to ask the risk question. Uh, every company I've ever talked to, when this is the conversation, counters with, well, how do we, 
How do we scale that? And it really means two things. One, how do we make sure that we've got many employees involved? And then number two, how do we make sure that the employees that we put some muscle behind don't just leave in a week and take our employer brand with them? Well, this is the question I get asked. Fonda, I feel uncomfortable putting my best talent out on social. And so I, and what, how I reply is, you know what, we, we all take risks, right? But if you're selecting someone that is doing a bang-up job on your team anyways, someone that's your right arm and, or on their team, you know, someone that's already that, someone that you're highlighting and appreciate and value and trust, guarantee the, fa- the, the likelihood of him or her leaving is going to be really slim. And if they leave, then guess what? We just took a risk. But it's not going to really hurt you. It's going to all. It's going to continue to help you because you're highlighting the coolness factor of of your team. Yeah. So it it sounds like uh, you know at the end of the day, social is going to be uh, a far greater benefit to people who are comfortable being talent exporters, right? The kinds of people who who want to bring in great talent and then are okay if they leave because they know that right. They now have an ally who's going to help them find more great talent. Uh, and I'm not saying that you want people to leave. It's just no. that person's going to, you know, I think understand that value proposition faster than somebody else who's more fearful and imports talent and then wants to keep them under their thumb and like, yeah. you know, take no risk. Because that person, it here's the deal. you're kind of stuck. Here's what I tell my people. What Our do you, what do you tell your people are out there. Can you hear me? Yeah. What do you tell your people? Tell us what you tell oh, your people. <laughs> Our employees are already out there posting. Right. You know, they're posting more than we know about. They're on every single social channel speaking positively about working here. Why are we not channeling that? Like, why are we not saying that for them? I mean, we're the careers social media account, you know? So there's, if, if our employees are doing it anyways, why would we be scared and just let them do it on their own when we can't, we can't track the ROI behind it? So, Linda, your energy is infectious. Your vision is uh, inspiring, and it is an absolute joy to talk to you. I could, I could keep this going for a long time, but I think, I think we, just what you've shared so far has been, has been incredible. And, um, you know, I, I have one final question for you, but before I ask it, I just want you to know the, the, the thing that I take away from this more than anything else is that a corporation does not need to be the the drone machine that most people assume that they are. Like you, that there is a way to infuse personality into a company and and do it so that so that that it's it's more authentic and ultimately healthier. Not just for the recruiting function, but it sounds like for the people in it. I mean, this came through in terms of how you went about starting at Oracle. It, came, it comes through in how you manage your team and the support you give them. It comes through in your approach to content creation uh, and, and, and how you want candidates. Everything you talk about really blends the individual into the company setting. So that's, that's my takeaway, which I think, and that's uh, really a powerful message. My question for you is, uh, what do you want people to know? Is there anything that we haven't talked about or something that we have talked about that you, that you want to hit home because you get the last word? Oh, my God. That's a lot of pressure. Right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I have changed so much in the past eight months um, of, of taking this job, and I feel like I say this a lot, that 
the person that was so busy, you know, turning down for what over Facebook likes this time last year is now turning down for what for other things. And, um, and I think it's been super eye-opening for me that while those things matter, I'm not saying they don't, but there's other intricate parts of our job, of our industry, that also really make my head tick and my head hurt most of the time. But it's been such a really good journey so far. And I'm going to say it's, I have a long way to go, but it's, it's, there's a lot to do in our industry, which has been really eye-opening. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Resonate today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. I had a blast. The Resonate Podcast is supported by Recruiting Daily, the source for your news.